Is Xbox going to start bringing their first-party titles to PlayStation and Nintendo? Well, according to a handful of insiders, that reality may be closer at hand than many expected. In the wake of the CFO's comments at a Wells Fargo summit, I said that it seemed clear Xbox was changing strategy and to take on more of the role of a publisher than a platform. And many disagreed, saying that the CFO was only speaking about Activision Blizzard games or Call of Duty. Well, just one week into 2024 and the floodgates seem to be opening as insiders and leakers are all claiming that a number of Xbox exclusives are headed to PlayStation and Nintendo Switch. So what does this mean for the future of Xbox as a platform or a console? Fans are weighing in and many do not seem happy at the prospect of this happening. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video in the form of a monologue and then I discuss it with the live audience. That's why the video is longer. If you like this kind of content, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss out on my live shows. New insider information has surfaced that seems to confirm Xbox will be bringing first-party games to PlayStation and Nintendo. What started as a lot of speculation and somebody posting on a forum has turned into a full-blown story with other insiders weighing in and even adding different games to the pile. And the reaction to this has been interesting. Some say that they saw this coming, while others are very unhappy at the possibility. So first, I want to look at what everybody is saying. We have a game rated on an Australian Australian website, but now there's other games coming out that are also rated there, and there are some things there that seem to indicate we might even be looking at an old-gen port. Then we're going to look at the reactions to this, because there are some pretty strong reactions out there. While some still seem to be holding the line and saying that this sort of thing will never happen, others are already shifting to a new narrative. Lastly, I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm going to refer back to a lot of my previous coverage on this channel, since much of this confirms a lot of the forecasts and the predictions that I made in 2023. I am more shocked that people are shocked that this is happening, especially after the CFO remarks at the end of November in 2023. So first, what do we know? So this all started over the weekend because there were comments made on a podcast, and according to Windows Central, quote, a few days ago, Nate the Hate suggested on his podcast that an acclaimed game of the year worthy game or Xbox exclusive will become imminently available on a competing console platform. Nate has a good track record for accuracy in the past which created a groundswell of speculation over what the game could possibly be. Now this is Windows Central this is Jez Corden writing this and he's talking about it right? The speculation ramped up as Hi-Fi Rush was thrown around even Starfield was mentioned then a forum user who is also reliable confirmed that the title was Hi-Fi Rush and this is from Windows Central. It says forum user Loli Lolilo also backed up the claims recently and an update on Windows Central indicates that the Switch version was dropped, but the PS5 version is coming, and this update was posted on January the 8th, 2024. The same user has now clarified that they believe Hi-Fi Rush may be coming to PlayStation and not Nintendo Switch, as was previously rumored. And even Jez Corden at Windows Central indicated he has heard from sources that this is being considered at some level, and this is what he had to say. Quote, I will say that it has been suggested to me from very trusted proven sources that Microsoft has been exploring bringing some of its back catalog to other platforms, although some of the details remain vague and unconfirmed. Now, Jez goes on to point out that when Ori and the Blind Forest came to Nintendo Switch, Phil Spencer expressed that he didn't love that idea. Phil Spencer said, 
For every one of our games, there becomes a rumor of whether or not at the end it'll end up on the Switch or not. We should set a better expectation with our fans. So he was saying he doesn't love the idea that that's happening. And Jez rightly points out that that seems to have happened again with Dust as Dusk Falls. Now, this was recently rated for PlayStation after being an Xbox exclusive, and there's been no official word on when it's coming and why that game did not remain exclusive. So the communication is being described as inconsistent. Now, this led to other insiders chiming in. One spoke up on a forum and said that when it came to publishing games on PlayStation and Nintendo, we should stay tuned. And they went on to say, quote, Hi-Fi Rush is one of the games being ported, but it's not the only one, which that obviously begs the question, what other games could be coming? Well, they posted elsewhere and they said, Starfield is not the only Xbox Game Studio title that will be ported to competing platforms that was released by Microsoft and Xbox Game Studios last year. There are more. In time, the norm will be to have these games released day one on all platform. Now, that's going to probably happen in waves if this is in fact real, right? And I'm going to talk about a video I did in March of 2023, and I looked at the language around Starfield, and I speculated about the possibility of a timed exclusivity. I got a lot of hate for that video. Now, the final post from this insider, I want to talk about what Jeff Grubb said, as well as Steven Totillo, because he corroborates what Jeff Grubb has said. This same forum poster had one last zinger. When Halo Infinite on PS5 was posited, or even kind of thrown out there, they said the following. This isn't as far-fetched as some assume it to be. It was discussed. I personally do not see it happening for this one, referring to Halo Infinite, but having it happen for the next Halo entry instead, switching to an engine that routinely ships on PlayStation will facilitate that strategy shift. You can sense this person's got contacts, they've got info, they know what's going on, and they're saying, this is not as far-fetched as you think. They did discuss this with Halo, which sounds crazy, right? Halo being multi-plat, I think, would be an even bigger bombshell than, like, if Starfield ends up on PlayStation, because we knew Starfield was being developed for PlayStation. So it wouldn't be as shocking. It would be shocking to some people, but Halo going multi-plat would be almost otherworldly. Now, what did Jeff Grubb have to say? As I said, the floodgates are open on this. It's just more and more things coming out. Well, he said he had his own sort of comment about Sea of Thieves, and Stephen Totillo has seemingly corroborated this. This is what Jeff Grubbs had to say. He said, Sea of Thieves, I'll say I've heard that was one that might be coming to other platforms. I've heard it could come to Switch and PlayStation. Now, he said that he feels like Microsoft is changing strategy and that we should expect more of this. He was sort of supporting the point of the other person on the podcast and saying, to your point, we should expect more of this. Then, Steven Totillo's newly launched gaming news source, GameFile.News, you should check it out and subscribe. Steven Totillo does good work, but GameFile.News, he said the following, Microsoft has locked into launching its hit Xbox and PC multiplayer pirate game Sea of Thieves on PlayStation. I'm sorry, they've looked into, not locked into. A source familiar with plans for the port tells GameFile. So somebody close to and familiar with the port of Sea of Thieves coming to PlayStation, it's been looked into, 
Now, he rightly observes why this is such a big deal. He says this would be the first time the company ports one of its marquee Xbox PC games to its most direct competitor in Sony. Now, Steven attempted to get a response from Microsoft and Xbox. He said over the weekend, on X- an Xbox rep declined to comment when I asked about the Sea of Thieves and PlayStation port. Now, that almost feels like an answer because if they had no plans or intentions for doing this, they would have quickly squashed this very easily with a PR reply about like, no, we have no plans to bring Sea of Thieves to PlayStation. So their silence, I think, is sort of speaking volumes. And Tatillo seems to think we may see something happen earlier this year than many people were expecting. He says the following. Since Friday, rumors have been swirling about Microsoft considering taking more exclusive games to other platforms. Reporter Jeff Grubb also mentioned this morning that he had heard Sea of Thieves coming to PS5 and Switch. I'd only heard about PlayStation. Possibly for an early 2024 release and have been trying to source it more extensively since then. Now, the final piece of this puzzle is even more worrying for fans who don't want this to happen. An Australian game rating site has Hi-Fi Rush already rated for PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. Now, one problem with this listing is that the PlayStation 4 and is old gen, and the Switch is, doesn't seem like a game that would be able to run Hi-Fi Rush. It's a weaker system than the Series S and the X. But also, this thing, this Project 2022A, it has the Xbox One listed as well as the PlayStation 4 and the Switch. So we might be looking at an old-gen port because the PS5, the Series X, the S, they're absent from the list. They're not there. So maybe they're deciding the port, Hi-Fi Rush to old-gen. Maybe this was a thing they did because they wanted to get it to run on Switch. Maybe they think it's a really good fit for Nintendo. But according to the one leaker, that version has been dropped and they're only bringing it to PlayStation 5. It could also be a bug. It could be an erroneous listing. But... As pointed out by Zubitech, another listing on the game site for Project 2023B is rated for the PlayStation 5. It's an unknown ZeniMax title. Now, some have speculated this to be Starfield, but I'm not sure that this is possible unless the Switch 2 is planned for the destination. I don't think the current Switch could run Starfield unless you ran it purely on the cloud. There are cloud games on the Nintendo Switch. There's a game uh, like uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That runs on the cloud on Switch. If you can get a game like that to run on the cloud then I'm assuming you could with Starfield as well and Xbox has their own cloud infrastructure right so it looks more likely however that this listing could be Doom this could be a separate listing I don't know I looked at a lot of different listings there was also a Zenimax game listed or PlayStation, and it had ID or id software listed on it, okay? So people are saying, oh, the new Doom's going to be multi-platform, okay? So that's all we know. And I say for now, because more leaks and insider information could potentially come out. And with the developer direct for Xbox allegedly around the corner, we're apparently going to get an announcement about it today on January 9th when I'm doing this show. You really have to wonder, why are these leaks coming out right before we hear about a developer direct? What's going on? Like, are they going to announce any of these things that we're talking about or theorizing about? So, we'll have to wait and see. But, while we wait... What has the reaction been to this? 
I'm actually going to start with Jez Corden and what he said at the closing of his article. I usually just paraphrase things that I'm seeing on socials or the various outlets. I don't like directly quoting people in this section because I don't want it to make it seem like I'm doing like a gotcha reaction stuff. But I thought what Jez said was really worth repeating here. I actually want to break his comments into two sections. Now, the first thing he said was, I think Microsoft could solve some of the backlash with transparency for why certain games get ported but others won't. And then stick to it. Perhaps even with some form of branding like Xbox Original for tentpole iconic permanent exclusives like Halo Gears and Forza, although that probably comes with some of its own problems. I'm actually really curious if they decide to delineate first party games that will always be exclusives, right? If that concept is there, would they name it there? Or would that just completely leave what the one leaker already has kind of seemed to indicate that everything's eventually going to be multi-platform so there's no real need to call anything an Xbox original. Also if they did what Jez is suggesting I agree with him, that comes with its own problems. As soon as a game was announced you know, as an Xbox original but another game was launched or announced and it doesn't say Xbox original well, everybody would know that that's a timed exclusive and it kind of takes the air out of the room. It's like, well that's not really an Xbox game then, right? Like I think a lot of people really sort of take a lot of stock from that and a lot of value from that. Now, if the list of timed exclusives gets larger, it might start to feel like Xbox is losing its identity or its sense of being a platform. If they do a big Xbox showcase and there's only a couple of Xbox originals and everything else is multi-platform, it might start to feel like you're literally just listening to a publisher talk about the games they're bringing to the market instead of a platform announcing games that are coming to its console. Now he closes out the article and he says the following. You don't see Amazon's The Boys moving over to Netflix any more than you'd see The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom on PlayStation 5. Xbox fans deserve the same consistency, and I suspect most would be on board with the idea of Hi-Fi Rush or potentially other smaller titles like Grounded or Pentiment going to other platforms if Microsoft laid out a roadmap up front of what games will and won't be exclusive and offer the exact reasons why. I'm going to be honest. I I don't think you're going to get this. I don't think you're going to get this level of transparency at all from Xbox. If what the CFO said starts to happen, as many of us said that it would, I would expect very generic language about, well, you know, we think more people playing our games is the best way to grow the Xbox community. That's likely how they would talk about it. I know Phil has done interviews where... He seems to be more candid, and he speaks about what console fans can expect, but I feel that a strategy like this would lead to that happening less and less. Like, I don't think Phil's going to sit down in a chair with kind of funny and say, yeah, we know people are ticked about this, but we wanted to make more money. Like, I just, I don't think you're going to get any level of transparency on why this is happening. It's going to be very generic PR speak about, we see the Xbox community being much larger than one console, things of that nature. As he already said to Famitsu, Phil Spencer considers PlayStation and Nintendo part of the Xbox community. He's been telling you this and laying the groundwork for a while. Now, we've seen other types of reactions. Jez even tweeted that he's getting angry DMs because he reported on this. I've seen very Xbox-centric Twitter accounts and podcasts expressing a lot of frustration about this. Things are being said like, uh, this was supposed to be the generation where we turned things around, or we deserve better, we stuck by the brand through thick and thin. Now, I've seen these two sentiments sort of go hand in hand and at one level I feel bad for those who feel like this is a betrayal or a change that they simply cannot support 
But I also can't help but remember all the hate thrown my way for saying this all of last year. I continued to say that I was an Xbox fan and I didn't like the direction that they were taking. And I was dissatisfied with my Xbox Series X. I was on your side all of 2023 and a lot of you spit in my face and attacked me. And now you're catching up to what a lot of a sense was happening with the big push for Activision Blizzard instead of building their own strong first party. You sense it now, right? Why isn't the Series X being prioritized? Why were they constraining the distribution of the Series X? Why? Well, as I've said for a long time now, the console was being deprioritized. And this current batch of leaks and insider info points that even more. During my Activision Blizzard coverage, I kept saying that Microsoft wanted to take the software approach, put it everywhere. And these leaks really seem to point to that, which leads to another response I keep saying, well, I'm going to walk. I'm leaving Xbox. This harkens back to conversations I've had about buying power, and the Game Pass culture has surrendered its buying power. I remember doing a podcast with 30 and Still Gaming and Doc Dark. Shout out to both those fine gentlemen. And 30 and Still Gaming asked Doc Dark about Starfield launching at 30 FPS, because at the time, we didn't know if it was going to launch at 30 FPS. And he said, well, it's on Game Pass. How are you going to communicate your dissatisfaction? Are you just like, what, not going to buy the game? You're, you don't have to buy the game. You aren't going to buy the game. You're going to play it on Game Pass. In a buy-to-play market, buying or not buying games is a great way to exercise your power over the market. But in a sub-model, what do you do? Shrug off a bad game like Redfall, and you move on to the next. Even Hi-Fi Rush got arguably terrible engagement on the Xbox platform. Even though it was a massive hit, it went viral. It has a great score on Steam. Matt Piscatella tweeted the following about Hi-Fi Rush. He says, according to Circana's player engagement tracker in December of 2023, 17.5% of all U.S. active players on Xbox Series consoles played Grand Theft Auto V at least once, ranking third overall behind only Fortnite and Call of Duty HQ. Hi-Fi Rush ranked 207th with fewer than 1%. This communicates volumes, okay? A great game, one that got nominated for awards and the Xbox loyal barely touched it. Now, well, sell it on other platforms, especially when the game performs so well from a marketing and a viral perspective. Now, some see this is like the opposite side of the coin. They're saying this is great. This is going to be wonderful. There are people who think exclusives are bad or that all games should be everywhere. They think this is a great change. I think that's ideological. I also think it's naive about the business world and how exclusive products drive business as well as profit, as well as investments, as well as future products. I think a lot of it's just naive. So I don't think the eradication of exclusives or platform exclusives makes any sense. But at one level, I agree, right? But on another level, I see why folks don't like this. It feels like we may be losing one of the console players and just sort of getting a big publisher instead. And that leads to one of the last responses that we're seeing. Some are saying, bye-bye Xbox, or, hey, we tried to tell you. Many of us who were opposed to the Activision Blizzard deal warned that this type of thing would happen. We warned you that Lulu Cheng was not your friend and that she would walk as soon as the deal closed. And she did. We warned you that Xbox would shift into a publisher role and that the console would take a back seat. And that seems to be happening right before our very eyes, which I think is a good time to transition into what I think. I cannot help 
but points to a bunch of different videos and coverage from 2023. First, my video about Starfield being a timed exclusive. To me, the language of launches exclusively, it always felt strange, and my research pointed to only timed exclusive games using that phrase. Well, that video was uploaded on March 16th of 2023, and it garnered a lot of hate. A lot of people telling me to just buy an Xbox, not realizing that I had pre-ordered the game, I had an Xbox Series X, I actually own Starfield in two different places. Now, I'm not saying that Starfield is coming to PlayStation 5, but one insider is claiming that it's coming, and I've always maintained that however unlikely it seemed, it looked like Xbox left the door open for that to happen down the road. The case-by-case basis language from Phil Spencer, well, it's starting to look a lot different now. But I also can't help but think about my coverage in live streams about the Xbox Activision deal. My dissatisfaction and disappointment with Xbox this generation was constantly attacked. I was labeled as a pony for the first time in my career as somebody who has always been more heavily invested in Xbox. Well, now maybe some of you can understand why it felt that way, why I felt the way that I did, and why my opinions and positions landed where they did. Lastly, when I covered the CFO's remarks and said that it looked like Xbox was becoming more of a publisher than a platform, that was met with the same nonsense, as well as the horrible interpretation that, well, he's only talking about Activision games that are already on PlayStation, or it was just about Call of Duty. I hope some of you are starting to see that a lot of the coverage and a lot of the reporting was driven by a narrative and a brand commitment, and it misled a lot of you to bad conclusions or misinformed opinions. But... What do I think about on this? Well, on one hand, if this is a continued step, I think, in the evolution of the brand that I sense was coming, there's not much we can do to stop it. It's not like if a bunch of you would have been against the Xbox Activision deal or maybe you would have behaved differently as consumers. I don't think there was any stopping this. I think this was sort of set in stone. This trajectory was set with the failings of the previous generation. Xbox had to completely reevaluate their approach. But this does seem to be happening a lot faster than I expected. So I can't really celebrate this completely, even though it feels pretty inevitable. And here's why I think this could be both good and bad. On the one hand, this could be good because more money means more investment in bigger or newer projects. Because if they're selling the games in more places, then understandably they should make more money. Seeing teams like Tango Gameworks rewarded with more funding or even the green light to a Hi-Fi Rush sequel, well, that's good for the industry. We want more games like that, taking risks doing something new, doing something fresh. And developing games for a buy-to-play market, well, it should ensure that they're quality games. I say should, right? When you own as much property as Microsoft now does, it would make sense to stress quality over cadence because now sales and return of investment well that matters more than just releasing games on game pass so for those who are upset by this i get it but the console war has been over for a while you just were in denial about it so protecting first party games and keeping them only on xbox well that's likely only hurting those games when you're nintendo or your playstation and your first party games sell very well it creates a reinvestment cycle everybody got really upset and mocked Jim Ryan for his virtuous cycle commentary, but you can see how much it works. When you are the smaller player and your games hit a subservice, games like Hi-Fi Rush then struggle to get good engagement, well, the writing's on the wall. The games need to land elsewhere. And the silver lining here is that it could help the games and the devs survive and thrive instead of wither and die. But on the other hand, this could be bad. Disney's approach to Star Wars games hurt Jedi Survivor by launching it before it was ready. 
and it still did well commercially. My concern would be that much of this is coming from Microsoft and not Xbox, and they're going to want a steady cadence to ensure profit and revenue projections, and that can hurt game quality. The attitude could be, look, we've got so much property, just throw it all out there, whatever sticks, we'll keep, whatever doesn't, we'll get rid of. This could lead to lots of studios just not making the cut. Their game would launch in a poor state because they're being forced to hit a cadence that's not reasonable. Sales would then suffer because if a game scores poorly, it's going to sell poorly as well, and then they would face layoffs and potential foreclosure. One look at Embracer Group will tell you that once profit margins are threatened, studios will vanish. So, is this a big win? (laughs) Is this the end of Xbox as a console or a platform? Well, only time will tell. But some of us saw this coming, and the rest of you, well, welcome to the future of Xbox. But those are just my views on this. I'd like to hear what you think. And before I do that, let me give you my closing thoughts and conclusions on this. Uh, I know everybody wanted me to like do like an I told you so video, and I'm I'm like I'm obviously referencing my coverage to say, hey, you know, we, we some of us said this, but I don't want this to be like a ha ha victory lap, okay? A lot of this is certainly vindicating for many of us who cover gaming, and we don't have this adherence to a platform narrative. We looked at the facts, we looked at the emails, we looked at the interviews, and we said, look, this is what's coming, and we were attacked for it, and that cycle will likely not stop. But next, it's going to be about, well, which platform makes the most money? I'm already seeing that become the new goalpost shift. Well, my favorite company makes more money than your favorite company. From the very beginning of my coverage of the Xbox Activision deal, it's always been about the games and the console performance. As a consumer, that's what matters to me. And when I didn't get what I was promised this generation, well, I expressed my frustrations. To those who have just accepted all the broken promises about the Xbox Series X or the lack of first-party games or the poor quality launches in 2023, well, it might be time to prioritize yourself as a consumer instead of defending a brand that's showing itself to not really care about your allegiance or your loyalty they will go where the most money can be made it's honestly why their choices and their strategy shifts have been so easy to see coming the second thing i want to say is one of the concerns i'm seeing echoed is well what will happen if playstation has no real competition well my answer would be what happened during the ps4 era what's happening during this era because in my opinion They haven't really had any real competition, and they still push new IP, big sequel launches at quality, new technology like VR or a portable, and more investment into games and avenues for games. They're upping the investment into the industry and into their brand. This idea that a market leader is going to take their foot off the gas simply because their lead widens is just... Oh, I want to be insulting. It's just contrary to everything that we know about business. I don't know why people think a market leader is going to slow down or get lazy because their lead gets bigger. PlayStation isn't going to squander their lead. They're going to capitalize on it. More revenue and profit will likely lead to more reinvestment cycles, which means more games and more tech innovation and more for us, not less. My conclusion is this. A lot of consumer concern over the Xbox Activision deal, well, it starts to fade if they're functioning more as a publisher than a platform. Now, there's lingering concerns about how many studios survive and the quality of game launches that still remain. I think that's still there, but the evolution of Xbox continues. And I feel like I've said this every time we've covered this subject. It's just, it's happening far faster than I expected. So for now, we wait, we debate, we discuss, because those are just my thoughts. Now it's time to hear your thoughts. 
Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and I appreciate you guys being here so, so much, and it looks like the official Xbox Developer Direct just got announced. Hang on, I just made myself glow. I did not mean to do that. Uh, I opened it in this browser window. There we go. I opened it on my uh, my teleprompter. <laughs> I had the glow of the Lord. The Developer Direct is going to be here on January the 18th at 12 p.m. Pacific. That's 3 p.m. Eastern. I'll show you guys the blog right now. This just happened. Uh, this just happened. So let me give you guys the scoop on this. Let me switch my capture card. There it is. This is the official Xbox blog announcing the developer direct they've got obsidian up there and they've got oxide up there they've got ninja theory up there and machine games so we are we are gonna get to see or hear about indiana jones let's read here what exactly is going on let me give you guys a little bit of a bigger scene hang on this is this is a better scene let me do this for you guys for the reading portion of this Alright, let's go to this scene. You are about to get an exciting look at some of the incredible games ahead with Xbox as we present the new edition of Developer Direct. On Thursday, January the 18th at 3pm Eastern, that's what matters to me, fans will get an inside look at a selection of highly anticipated games coming to the Xbox Series X, S, PC, Game Pass. Shortly after, ZeniMax Online Studios will host their Elder Scrolls Online 2024 Global Reveal. So, ZeniMax Online can do something after. Presented by the game creators themselves, Developer Direct offers an in-depth look at upcoming titles, how they're being created, and who's creating them. We'll visit Machine Games in Sweden to check in on their Indiana Jones game, swing by Obsidian's Irvine offices to see more of Avowed, head to more from Avowed, head to Oxide Games Maryland uh, to learn more about Aura History Untold, and take a trip to Cambridge, England to see Senua's Saga Hellblade 2 from Ninja Theory. Please know that while this show won't Uh, have updates on games from Activision Blizzard. You can look forward to news from those teams later this year. Okay, so they're kind of anticipating this being a big question for people. Like, hey, what's going on with Activision Blizzard? This show will be a celebration of just a selection of our slate of upcoming games from Xbox. It's also another part of our commitment to consistently bring Xbox players can't-miss experiences. 2024 kicked off with a bang for Game Pass members, and you can expect that lineup to include more incredible games from Xbox and our partners as the year goes on. Fans should tune in on the channels to see the latest on... Indiana Jones game. Machine Games, the award-winning studio behind the recent Wolfenstein series, will reveal their upcoming Indiana Jones game, an action adventure that puts players in the leather jacket of the legendary archaeologist. Developer Direct will showcase more than 10 minutes of game and developer insights. Okay, that's not necessarily gameplay. Including details about the game's setting and story, how fans will actually play as Indy, additional details from the next globe-trotting adventure, and the premiere of the first gameplay trailer. Okay, so we are going to get some gameplay. Okay, dope. Alright, Avowed, the team at Obsidian will share the first deep dive into the gameplay experience fans can expect in Avowed, their upcoming fantasy action RPG set in the fantastical, vibrant living lands. Learn more about how Obsidian's expertise in building worlds with deep themes, dynamic gameplay, and thoughtful reactivity come to life in Avowed, where players will have agency to make choices to shape every step of their adventure. I'm actually anxious to see, as I said in my developer direct expectation stream, like, I want raw gameplay from Avowed. Aura, History Untold. 
From the leads at Oxide Games, a studio founded by veterans of the strategy genre and the creators behind the classic strategy titles, including Civ V, as they unveil exclusive new gameplay and share more details about the inspiration, key features, and road ahead for their upcoming historical grand strategy game. And here's my, here's my girl, Ninja Theory, take us behind the scenes at their studio in Cambridge to give us some insight on how they're crafting Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. The team will speak to the ambitious and meticulous care involved in creating Senua's journey of survival. But what about game? I want gameplay, dude. They don't mention it. Oh, I really, really hope they show us uncut gameplay. I really, really do. I'm, that's like, that's the most important game for me next year. So there it is. The developer direct is coming now. No mention of some of the smaller titles. One of the smaller titles might be there as a surprise shadow drop. There's rumors about Kiln, the game from Double Fine. There's also the possibility of it being like 33 Immortals. Towerborn basically made it sound like their game is coming later this year, so I don't think Towerborn will be there. That was the one that I thought they were going to shadow drop. So, let me check fan funding here. You guys have already kicked off the day pretty strong here. Navi or Nave with 12 months of membership since it's been a minute. Geek to Sneak with 17 months says good morning everyone and shiny red flag Han shot first and so did you with the first gifted member of the day thank you very very much and then a five bomb from Bengals fan as well as Bengals doing VIP plus Bengals fan we need all VIP pluses and golds to downgrade to VIP alright I'm begging you I'm asking you to downgrade. We're actually gonna we're actually gonna get rid of those higher tiers. I just need people at the normal VIP. So yes, I'm telling you to give me less money. But thank you for the five get the members and one from Joker Quinn and one from DK Beggar. That is eight total members on the day already. Thank you guys so, so much. We've been absolutely crushing that goal. If we hit 2,500 members before Friday, we'll do an extra community game night. And if you can hit 2,750, I'll let you beat the tar out of me in a fighting game because I hate fighting games. So thank you guys so, so much. I appreciate you very, very much. I disagree with some of you here, but hopefully you know it's nothing personal, just difference of opinion. We welcome difference of opinion here. We welcome people to come in and say they see things differently or they don't agree as long as you're not nasty, as long as you're not name-calling. Now, I'm curious, where where, where do you guys land on this? Where do you guys land on this with the, because uh, the main subject today, we already talked Developer Direct. We're going to co-host the Developer Direct when it happens on the 18th, which is a Thursday. Okay, next week on Thursday. Patrick gifts a member and takes us up to nine. He's like, come on, boys, let's get that community game night. Thank you very much. But I, I really want to talk about the main subject, right? We already did a developer direct stream. I made my predictions, and we know what we're going to get to see. So there's 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 less to say there until we can actually watch the event and kind of react to uh, the gameplay and the footage and everything. So what do you guys think about the current news that Xbox is looking to bring titles to the competitors? I mean, we're hearing people say Starfield. We're hearing people say they're considering Halo. Like, I, this... It honestly feels insane that this is even being talked about. Like, I anticipated them saying first-party titles are going to start coming to other platforms like Activision Blizzard stuff or ZeniMax, you know, little titles, future titles. Not stuff like Starfield, not stuff like Hi-Fi Rush, not stuff that's been used as sort of banner titles. Parasito with 14 months says, Sea of Thieves on Switch... 
will make or break even the simplicity of the game it won't run well unless switch 2 comes out in the meantime i hope playstation extends the olive branch to pc players I just don't know if PlayStation wants to change anything they're doing. Like, I, the, the waiting and letting things land later hasn't seemed to hurt them all that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, for me, I don't think they need to change what they're doing. I, I get why PC gamers are like, hey, man, start doing day and date. Now, we have it on good authority that that'll start happening with PlayStation games. But, you know, time will tell if that Insomniac leak was, in fact, accurate. See if Thieves make sense to get more players in the game, says Dave. The world will explode if they announce Master Chief Collection on PlayStation. Just shut down the Xbox console at this point. I saw a lot of people taking that attitude. They were like, why should I even own an Xbox console? What's the point? And I'm like, now do you understand why folks like myself spent all last year saying none of this is what I was promised DK Baker rounds us out to 10 gifted members on the day thank you very much for doing that DK Baker you know what I'm saying it's like I, I get people being upset it's like a lot of us have already gone through the process that you're going through right now right you guys are going through all the stages of grief there was all this anger and denial, and now there's like bargaining and depression and acceptance, and it's like every you're just you're just watching the the melt. It's just like an absolute meltdown into oh wow, this is actually happening, right? I mean, the fact that Xbox was like, yeah, we're not going to comment on Sea of Thieves I, if they weren't going to do this. Listen, I tried, I tried to tell people that when Phil Spencer did the interview with Windows Central and he said, we have no plans to put Game Pass on other platforms and he said nothing about first party games I told y'all, I was like, this is the greatest looky-loo in history Quintar with the 10 bomb takes us to 20 members already on the day, this man wants to beat me up this Friday night in a community game night, he's helping us get there and Sean, that's it with 20 months it behooves these companies to get out a hardware game and go totally into the software game it doesn't play. It doesn't pay to sell the Xbox, it pays to be the store yo Sean, we recently made a change the $5 tier is gifted and the $6 tier is a full member so if you want to get access to like Friday Nights with Madam and the Writer's Room segment that we recently added you need to bump up by that dollar, if you don't that's totally fine, if you stay at the gifted tier that's totally fine but uh, our mo- our, our, like the most of the people who are paying for their own membership have bumped up and are coming to all those segments and another 10 bomb from MASH this guy's been bringing the absolute heat lately and I owe you 5 members already and we're a 20 bomb away from 50 we'll see if MASH set up a nice tip there to trick people or I'm sorry to bait people yeah you're tricking people MASH Oh, no, Xbox shipped to PlayStation Nintendo. This means all three making money. And a five bomb comes in from Parasito and takes us to 35 just like that. A strong start to the day. A little member train from all the very generous people here. If you are one of the lucky people who received a membership this morning, 35 of you, you can now join my Discord. That is something that we do here. We spend our money and we gift it to you and you get to try out the content. You get into members-only Q&A, monthly community game nights as well as our discord and joker quinn gifts a member and it goes to 36 thank you very much um it's like i try to tell people i'm like that was such a looky-loo 
Phil Spencer's like, we don't have any plans to put Game Pass on other platforms. And all of the super duper hyper Xbox loyal guys were like, see, told y'all, told y'all, they're not, they're not bringing games to your platform. And it's like, he didn't say anything about that. He completely avoided the topic, which spoke volumes because if phil spencer wanted to come out and put that to bed and be like we are not bringing our first party games to playstation nintendo he would have said that and he didn't what's good feed i see you in the chat hex with a vip in 25 months i think this move is the best path forward having games on as many platforms is a win for gamers as a while in my opinion I, 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 I can't celebrate this other than like, okay, well, the developers might get more funding because if the games do really, really well, like if Hi-Fi Rush goes to other platforms and sells like crazy, that could be really, really good for the devs. I can celebrate that. I, I, still, I still say this was inevitable because of all the decisions that they made, right? All these decisions that they made, they made all these choices, they they prioritized uh, Series S over the cloud, I'm sorry, Series S over the X, cloud over the X, you know, we didn't get, we, we haven't got that investment into first party titles, like where are they, and then they buy ABK and now they're like, well yeah, we're going to start functioning as a publisher, it's like, okay, I mean, I don't see another path for you guys, I guess, it's hard to celebrate it, it's like, well, I would much rather if you guys not have done this, now, we're still probably going to get really good first party games but the question becomes does it help Hellblade to stay on Xbox does it help Ninja Theory does it do you wonder why now we got nothing about Blade and where it's landing it all starts to make sense it's like I don't know if any of these games are going to stay exclusive Ragnarok with four months. I think we'll see most multiplayer games become cross-platform in the next five years. Single player will probably stay dedicated to consoles. Um, hang on. Eugene's got a comment here. Let's take a look. Eugene says, Why own an Xbox? The people saying that now because of this news have been praising Game Pass for four plus years now. Is not as... Uh, is it not as valuable to them as they claim? Someone paying for a game on PlayStation stops their enjoyment of Game Pass. I think that's a valuable pushback. I really, really do. I, I think that's a fair pushback. Guys, there's over 700 people here, man. Let's smash the heck out of that like button. Let's have a really, really strong day. Push the like button. Keep the, Man, you guys are gifted members. You guys are being amazing. What a strong day today. Um, Blade will probably be multi-plat. Well, we were trying to tell people. It was like, in the history of announcements, why would you not strut a console exclusive that's a Marvel game like Moment 1? Moment one, you're like, it's an exclusive to Xbox. Well, the reason they didn't do that is because it's it's not it's not going to be an exclusive. Port begging? I don't think anybody's port begging. I think all of us said this was going to happen. Right? You said, oh, okay. Let's look at your let's look at your commentary here. Let's let's see the level of intelligence we're dealing with. He says, ponies showing their true colors. I bet avowed no longer looks mid. I mean. And before that, you said Sony and Xbox consoles are trash. Okay, so what? You're on the your your PC master race. Okay, so we know where your membership card is. So we know all the things that you're going to say. Okay, well we already know what you're going to say because it's always the same stuff. So you don't have to talk anymore. Keep grifting port beggars. Yeah, see there it is. There's another one. There it is. I don't think people like you even know what the word grifting means. So now that we know 
all of the token things you're going to say, you don't have to talk anymore because it's always the same canned responses, no original thoughts. Like, you know, the next thing, I don't know, you'll probably call me a boomer or something. Didn't take long. Uh, can't see how Hellblade 2 will be any major game. 7 out of 10 game I see here. I think Hellblade 2 looks amazing. I think Hellblade 2 looks amazing. I think Avowed looks a little bit rough. I do. I think Avowed looks a little bit rough, but I think Hellblade 2 looks amazing. I'm really excited about it. Now, I'm a little concerned that the Xbox Direct, they're not they're not saying anything about gameplay for Hellblade. They're like, oh, we're going to go talk to them. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, I guess that's cool, but if the game's coming this year, you, you don't have a... You, you don't have, like, a lengthy piece of gameplay to show us? Like, I don't know. I said that in my stream the other day about the developer direct and my predictions and expectations. I said, I want raw, uncut gameplay of Avowed, and I want raw, uncut gameplay of Hellblade 2, because if your game is coming this year, that should be an easy thing to show. If your game is right around the corner, it shouldn't be difficult to let us take a peek at it. Like, we saw two and a half minutes of Helldivers 2, and that's coming out in a month, right? We've seen tons of gameplay of Prince of Persia. We've seen tons of play- gameplay of Kill the Justice League. Why? Well, the games are right around the corner. So, you know? Xbox Live Service games coming to PlayStation is a Trojan horse. How do you figure? How is that a Trojan horse? Like, in what way? Someone said Insomniac even mentioned how good Hellblade 2 looked. Hellblade 2 looks phenomenal. What looks rough about Avowed? Some of the animations are weird. There's like, he hits the guy with his axe. There's like missing frames. I think the way the hands come up and the way some of the attacks happen. I don't know, dude. I'm keeping an open mind, right? I'm keeping an open mind, but it just doesn't look, it just doesn't look all that great. Now, again, graphics aren't everything, but when animations look kind of janky, I get concerned. I've said the exact same thing about Rise of the Ronin. I think Rise of the Ronin looks rough. Why? The animations. There's something awkward, like the way the horse runs and the way that the, some of their sprinting, it just looks kind of weird. It's like it looks wonky. I'm being cons- consistent. I've seen gameplay from Rise of the Ronin. Looks a little rough. Kind of looks kind of bad. I'm looking at I'm looking at Avowed and I'm saying the same thing. Like when you're not beholden to a platform and some pre-baked everything's awesome narrative, then you can look at a trailer and say, "Oh, I don't know. That looks kind of rough." Like you know, you're just a pony. What would a pony do that? Like I got a lot of heat from Sony's you know Sony crowd when I said that Rise of the Ronin looked kind of bad. I was like, I don't I don't think it looks very good. I got a lot of I got a lot of hate, not hate. I got a lot of guff for that. They were like. It looks amazing. What are you talking about? I I went through the same thing with Hellblade 2. I was like, Hellblade 2 looks great, and I got a lot of pushback. When you're not beholden to a platform, you look at each game as it exists. You're not like, well, who makes this game? It's like, Hellblade 2 looks good. Avala looks kind of rough. Rise of the Ronin looks kind of rough. Hellblade, uh, Helldivers 2 looks kind of fun. Like, it's just a matter of each game and what they offer. You don't have to be like, well, who made this game? I don't want to get caught praising the wrong, you know, the wrong team or something. If Xbox put their live service games while Sony live service games are weak, they can control that market. What live service games do you think Xbox has that would do that? You think Sea of Thieves is going to tip the scales? I I don't understand what you're what like now PlayStation has already had a massive dominance within the Call of Duty space. So, sure, that's a live service game that you could like attribute to Xbox, but that's not a change in the ecosystem. Call of Duty has been insanely successful on PlayStation's platform for years. So 
that's not changing. It's already been there. It's already had that effect. It's one of the reasons why I don't think PlayStation has ever invested in a Call of Duty competitor because they know it's a fool's errand. It's like, why would we invest money in a game that we're, we're going to try and sell it to people who are already happy and spending tons of money, right? So, Lono hasn't played a uh, Team Ninja game before. I played Wolong, and I, but I don't think that means that you justify, you know, jerky animations and low res textures. Like I understand art style, but come on, it didn't look very. It just doesn't look very good. Anyways, what I was saying is this: I don't see any Xbox Live service games coming over and being like, "Oh my gosh, Xbox Live service games are so good." That's a Trojan horse because now PlayStation's live service games look weak and look mid. What games are you talking about? A super old game called Sea of Thieves? After that, what? Diablo 4 is climbing back up on the horse, but again, that's o- that's that's already been on PlayStation. That's not like some new presence that's going to hurt PlayStation Live service games. Starfield will never be on PlayStation, just saying. I mean, the one insider said it's coming, and it's not the only one, so I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Also, all the language around Starfield says launches exclusively launches exclusively so when i looked up that phrase launches exclusively the only games i could find using that phrase were timed exclusives like ghostwire tokyo like i couldn't find other companies using that phrase because it's that's not how they say it it's played exclusively or xbox exclusive or playstation exclusive or things like that like i don't i don't know we'll see we'll see i've always said that it seems incredibly unlikely but i've also said they've left the door open right They've left the door open. If they want to do it, they can. Because we know that they were building a version for PlayStation anyway. We know this from the emails and from the documents. So, and I know people will say, well, you're port begging or just buy an Xbox. I own Starfield on Steam and I own Starfield on my Series X. Like, there isn't a world where I'm like, Please, oh, please bring Starfield to PlayStation. I'm merely making observations about the industry, what has been said, and what has been leaked. Like, it, it, everything doesn't have to be couched in this weird, pre-baked, no original thought, pull out your card, what's your card say? You're a port-begging pony. Like, have an original thought. Like, I'm genuinely thinking, they left the door open. And now we got insiders saying, yeah, there's games coming to PlayStation same insider said that it's going to be standard you know it's going to be standard they're, they're, they're going to be they're going to be just p- putting all the games day and date on the other platforms and it's like wow that's a huge shift nobody's port begging Lono has all platforms I think people project port begging I think a lot of the times I hear port begging from the PC crowd because they port beg for PlayStation games and then pretend that they don't care about them which is always funny like angry that they don't come and then when they do come like brag about how great they are and it's like I don't understand what you're doing just just play games right but I think they project port begging onto others because that's the internal narrative they have it's like well, when you isolate yourself to one platform, of course you see everything through the lens of port begging because that's how you view the world. I, I have every platform. I never miss a game. If I want to play a game, I get it. Super Mario Brothers Wonder? No problem. A Steam-only indie? No problem. Witchfire was only available on the Epic Game Store? No problem. Xbox exclusive? Not an issue. PlayStation 5? Got it. Like, 
if you have every platform, you don't have to think in the realm of port begging. You just want the games to be really good. Like, that's all that matters. Which is why I've been irritated with Xbox. It's like, I want the games to be good, and you're making me go play on the PC. What did I buy the Series X for? Like, come on. Parasito says... Uh, enjoyment of Sea of Thieves has a large component in its visual style and cinematic quality like the water. Putting it on the Switch is going to kneecap that or run at 30 FPS. Not fun. I will say this, Paris. I think the Nintendo audience would be more receptive to some graphical downgrades of that game. It's, It's not that graphically demanding. You are correct. The water physics and the water itself maybe a bit much but we don't know how much of that's handled server side right when you log in and play sea of thieves the wind and the water and the waves how much of that's handled by the server i don't know behemoth with 34 months and a vip plus thanks a lot for your content lono you want good content follow subscribe or join this amazing community i appreciate that behemoth and i missed something from mr frugal with 25 months while drinking my frickmas how about that u of m Mr. Frugal, I hope you got that picture that I drew for you, and I hope it made you angry, you know? Screw you. I'm just kidding. But by the way, Mr. Frugal and Ragnarok, you guys are commonly here. You are currently at the $5 tier. The $6 tier is now full membership. We switched the name of the $5 tier to Gifted to communicate that that's only intended for Gifted membership. So when you gift... That's what people get, and they get into the Discord, they get a monthly community game night, and then they get into a live Q&A session every day. But Gifted gets into Friday Nights with Madam and uh, the Writer's Room. So, Behemoth's a hard username. It's a good username, isn't it? The only one's begging here is Phil, and you know it's true. I don't think Phil's begging for anything. Listen, don't buy into these narratives that, like, Oh yeah, Phil's begging and Xbox is in trouble. You understand that they, they just bought a mountain of content and people are upset because the strategy is shifting into publishing. Okay? Remember when Phil Spencer told kind of funny that Activision Blizzard wasn't the strategy, it was an accelerant to the strategy? This is the strategy. Their way of survival is not through console sales. It's not through hardware. It's not even through Game Pass as he trolled the Brazilian as he told the Brazilian regulators that they're staring down Game Pass never being more than about 15% of their annual revenue. So he's telling you in that kind of funny interview that we, we can't out console Sony. So what's the goal? We got to go out on our own. We got to do our own thing. Their, their route is, is publishing. Their route is taking their games and putting them everywhere because that's coming from Microsoft. Scotty B with 20 months of membership. Shout out to the Wolverines. It's a glorious morning. Oh my gosh. You bunch of losers. Go watch a college football podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yo, we the people, welcome back as a member. Um, so I, I, this idea, like, oh, Phil Spencer is, you know, he's losing and he's he's begging. Uh-uh. I think he saw the writing on the wall, and they made all these moves, and they wanted ABK because ABK would empower them to have a stronger standing in the market as a publisher. I, I think this has been the plan for a long, long time. I, I don't think that they're quote-unquote 
losing or dead or whatever. Sea of Thieves is a six-year-old game that can run on a GTX 650. A Switch port's honestly not going to be that hard. It's a low-spec last-gen game. Yeah, I think that's well stated, Paul. I don't think that Sea of Thieves is that graphically demanding. They cheated. Stop celebrating cheaters. Yeah, they all they yeah they are cheaters. I mean, they are from Michigan. What can you expect? You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like it's like the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like when half your team is ex-convicts, like you know, of course you're gonna win. You guys are probably out there shanking people on the field. You know, <laughs> Michigan's no different. <clears throat> anyway, the problem is they don't have enough consoles to sell all that content, so they have to make that money back. Some uh, how which is the other consoles? Listen. The dialogue last year, okay, and this is where I think people really feel like the rug has been pulled out from underneath of them, all right? This is where the rug has just been absolutely yanked out from underneath people. Yo, Swoozy with a VIP, four months. Don't worry, Lone, I'm a Michigan State fan. I'm going to hear it for years now. Yeah. Anyways. The reason they feel like somebody just yanked the rug out from underneath their feet is because all last year they were convinced that Xbox Activision deal was it. It was going to be their time. Listen to the way they're talking on their podcasts and their Twitter feeds. This was supposed to be our time. This was supposed to be our year. And Xbox is like, who are you? You know, it's like that scene in Lost when Benjamin Linus has been so loyal to Jacob this entire time. And he's like, what about me? And Jacob looks at him and says, what about you? It's never been about you. And that's what everybody feels betrayed by. It's like they cheered for this ABK deal. They flirted with Lulu Chang and they thought that this deal was it. It was going to turn the tide. And all this deal was, was a shift into, look, man, (laughs) the world is so much bigger than our platform. So we're going to sell our games everywhere. Okay. You think we, you think we bought all this platform to give it to you on game pass and that's it. That was the grand scheme. That was the grand strategy to spend $70 billion to put games into a sub funnel of non-purchasing consumers. You thought that was the plan. Remember when we said that Game Pass wasn't sustainable? Remember when we said that it just didn't make any sense? There was no way they were going to get into the green by spending this much money to feed a submodel that fosters a culture of non-purchase. We said that all year long, and we were told, no, Game Pass is the future. Game Pass has more value. Xbox is going to be on top. Yeah, they're going to be on top of a big pile of money. Because now they own all this property and they want to sell it. They don't want to give it to you on Game Pass and be like, we did it, boys. We did it. We spent $70 billion to give games to people who give us 10 bucks a month. That was never the plan. And we tried to tell you, and a lot of us tried to say, there was literally no way that this is the plan going forward. There's not enough of you. There's not enough of you. So they feel like there's this rug pull of, we cheered for this. Where's Lulu Cheng? Where is she now? Huh? She walked as we all said she would walk. She got her bag and she bounced. 
because she didn't care about you and she didn't care about gaming and she didn't care about game pass no she wanted that bonus check dude that's what she wanted and she got it and she gone she gone no more flirting with Lulu Cheng on Twitter no more calling her the queen that Xbox needs she gone and the future of their platform when Phil Spencer says we lost the worst generation to lose that right there was the capitulation the admittance that there, there's no way they silo up all this property there's just no way they do it you, you would never you would never get enough people to switch to justify saying no Activision Blizzard is it's all on our platform now you can't get it if you're anywhere else and I think Minecraft was the catalyst to all of this I think they got one look at Minecraft and the MAU on Minecraft the monthly active users and they were like what are we doing what are we doing <laughs> We don't need to make good games. We just need to buy good games. And then we'll make money off of them. These people cheered and simped for a union-busting executive whose only reason for being hired was to stop Activision Blizzard employees from unionizing. She's a champion of the people. (laughs) She's a champion of the people. You know? She was brought in to make sure nobody unionized. You know, and now she's extreme. She's more wealthier than she was before. And she gone. Yeah, she ship. She's sipping mimosas somewhere, dude. She's out. But that's why people feel like it's a betrayal. You can hear it in their voice. You can hear it in the way they talk about it. They li- there. Listen, listen. This is not. This is not shade. This isn't shade. This isn't a cheap shot. There's emotion in their voice. Do you want to know why? They were invested. They were emotionally invested in this. It's part of their brand. It's part of their identity. And to see it all just go like, wait, what? It's like you turn around and you're like, yeah. Next thing we're going to do is, wait, what? Like, where where are you guys? What happened? What's going on? What are you doing with all that stuff? Oh, yeah, we're going to be selling this everywhere. And... It, the the engagement on Hi-Fi Rush I thought was pretty telling as well. I thought it was pretty telling. It was like, so you launch a game and it's super successful and it goes viral and the, and that was the engagement on your platform. They're looking at their platform, thinking this is a lost cause, dude. We're not going to make any money off this platform. Are you kidding me? They see better growth potential for Game Pass in the Japanese market on PC. They see better opportunities on mobile. They see better opportunities selling their games on Nintendo and PlayStation. HBO puts their shows on Netflix. Xbox is following that strategy. When's HBO put their shows on Netflix? Like a year later? What 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 shows have they done that with, Lion? Ghost in the Garage Gaming says, Lulu Chang bought a house four houses down from my property in Florida, Florida laughing at you guys. Hey, Ghost in the Garage Gaming, what you should do is invite her to a cookout. <laughs> like a real one. And take a pic and take a picture. And be like, hey guys. 
just you see her out for a jog, you know. You're like, hey Lulu, big fan. You know, we're doing a cookout this weekend. You wanna you wanna go? <laughs> they have over fifty titles on Netflix right now. Excuse me. <clears throat> HBO's been just push- putting just about everything everywhere lately. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if some companies like HBO and stuff are doing that because they're testing to see who they should partner with. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, they're they're testing they're testing to see whether or not, like, oh, our, oh, if their shows get good reception on one platform over another, you might see some mergers down the road. Right? They're like, well, our consumption rate of HBO did really well on Netflix, but not so hot over here, or, you know, whatever the case may be, and they may be looking at a, uh, they may be looking at a merger, possibly. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the media companies are looking at mergers now, because they're like, well, we can't survive, the, the sub, the sub model's not doing well. Listen, if you guys are just tuning in, we are one hour into the show. Do me a favor. There's almost 800 of you here. Hit that like button, all right? If you hit the subscribe button, you can talk in my chat. And when you do that, it enables you to be a part of the uh, the conversation that we're having right now. And it costs nothing to subscribe. If you hang out here enough, you are very likely to get a gifted membership. Currently, I owe five members. If it hits 50, I owe 10 members. So as that continues to roll up and go on, I have to gift more members back to the community. That gets you into our Discord. You can sample that, see if you like our community. You get into a monthly community game night, as well as a Q&A session that we do at the end of every show just for members, okay? And if you decide you like the content, you can bump up an upgrade for a dollar and take on a full membership. So we gift members all the time. It's a great way for you to be able uh, to jump in and see something for the very, very first time. The diehard Xbox fans are... I don't know if they're simpletons, uh, WTF. I don't know if... I wouldn't call them simpletons. What I think it is, is... I, I genuinely believe this. I think a lot of them get tricked by really passionate people. Right? Raven with the five bomb says, yo, let's get that extra community game night. If we hit 2,500 members this week, we will do an extra community game night this 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 Friday. And if you get the stretch goal of 2,750, you can beat me up in a fighting game. I hate fighting games. We, we won't do that on a community game night unless you guys unless you guys earn it because I don't like them, right? So enjoy those, uh, those gifted memberships. Community game nights on Friday nights are for everybody. Gifteds all the way up to VIP. It's just the Friday nights with my wife that we we don't do that. We don't allow everybody to come to that because there's just been some nastiness in the world, and we think it's it's a better option to be like, you know what, you you got you got to be on that 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 tier up if you want to come to a Friday night with my wife. But that's why we do community game night. So you can come join the community, hang out and play and sample. If you like it, then you've you've got a better picture of whether or not you want to pay for the content. HBO has their own service, but the and a ten bomb comes in from Cat all the way above fifty, takes us to fifty-one, rolls it over. That is the Agent of Chaos, and another one from Zinthos takes us to fifty-two. Thank you so much. Thank you for that, Cat, and thank you, Zinthos, for bumping the line by one as well. Let's get the twenty thousand hot tub stream. Yeah, we're not we're not really focusing. We're not really focusing on that. Um, yeah, I don't know why people are tweeting like that. 
I don't know why. Xbox 2024 is incredible. Why is he putting Indiana Jones on there? Indiana Jones is not launching this year. They're just going to They're just going to show it at the developer direct. See, I was literally just about to talk about this. I think a lot of the guys that are doing the like Xbox centric podcasting and tweeting, I genuinely think a lot of them have been misled by really passionate people that post stuff like that. So a bunch of people now are going to run out into the world and say, Daha! Xbox is going to have a huge year. We're also getting Indiana Jones. I saw so-and-so post it. And it's like, no, no, <laughs> no, you're not. The same people did the same thing at the beginning of the last year. They kept saying that Hellblade 2 was coming in 2023. No, no, it didn't. And it's, we don't, we're not even promised gameplay of Hellblade 2 with the developer direct. Like, this is why, this is why I have always stressed the way we structure our shows. I open up with the facts. What do we know? What has happened? And then we say, what's the reaction been? What's the public saying? What are people saying? And then I end by saying, here's what I think. There's a clear divide, right? There's no weird amalgamation or like weird interweaving of facts and opinion. It's here is what happened. Here's what people are saying. Here is what I think. You will never end a monologue and be like, oh, Lono said something and I got misled or he said something. No, no. Everyone was anticipating that the direct announcement was going to state that it was for games releasing in 2024. That didn't happen. But the word behind the scenes is that Indie is a 2024 release, could be announced during the show. If that happens, great. But let Xbox do that. Let Xbox do that. I'm seeing people say Clockwork Revolution's coming this year. Why? Why say that? What if it doesn't? Now you've got people that feel like they saw an Xbox picture and they're like, oh my gosh, it didn't come out. But but Xbox never said Clockwork Revolution was coming out this year. The new Indiana Jones by ZeniMax Media will be released in 2024. Sources close to Insider Gaming. Let Xbox say it is the point that I'm making. Right? That's the point that I'm making. I see people throwing out the new Doom game is coming this year. I see people saying Indiana Jones. I've seen people say Clockwork Revolution. If you get one out of the three, that's not a very good average. Let them say it. <laughs> Let Xbox announce it. That's the point I'm making. Just wait for the show instead of saying what's coming. Exactly. Like, you don't risk setting false expectations. Like, that's that's the point that I'm making. If you're really excited about hearing about Indiana Jones, so am I. I'm really excited. Why? Because a third-person action-adventure, like, big IP game, that's huge for Xbox. Like, we've got a, a, a mountain of those over on PlayStation. I'm anxious to see. Like, oh, man, let me see what these guys can do. I love those kinds of games. They're my favorite kind of games. I, my kid just got two Indiana Jones Lego sets. They did something really, really cool, too. He got the temple with the two uh, the two statues and the one falls over and the snakes are on the ground, like, from the movie. 
And on the side of one of the little towers, if you if you look closely, it has C-3PO and R2-D2 in the hieroglyphics. He found it on his own. He brought it to me. He's like, look, look, look. And I was like, that's sweet, dude. I was like, good eye. So I thought that was cool. But any, anyways, like the, the, the point is, is that if you're following outlets, podcasts, and people, and they're consistently doing things like that, that might be why you feel betrayed right now. That might be why you feel upset. It might be why you feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're going to start putting first party titles on other platforms. Yeah, I love the movies. I grew up with the movies. Soundtrack is, you know, is John Williams. It's amazing. I've always said that if Harrison Ford was in the hunt for Red October, he could be in three trilogies. He could be in Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and then they could have done a trilogy of uh, The Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, and Clear and Present Danger. They could have packaged that as a trilogy because it's the same character, and the three movies kind of go together. So he could have been in three trilogies, but he wasn't in uh, The Hunt for Red October. Indiana Jones is more than a movie. My standards are high. Well, I mean, we could look at Machine Games and what they've done, right? Do they have a history? What's the, what's their history of games here? Swedish developer, and uh, let's see. Continue to the site. All right, let's uh, about Machine Games about the artists. Where's the? Hang on, let me just go to the wiki. I guess their website doesn't have anything. Listen, okay. They developed the New Order, the Old Blood, the New Colossus, Young Blood, Cyber Pilot, and now they're making Indiana Jones. I mean, those Wolfenstein games had varying degrees of positive and negative reception, so we'll see. Now, in 2021, just three years ago, they said it was very, they said Indiana Jones game was in the very, very early stages, according to Bethesda. This doesn't sound like a game that would be ready for 2024. As I said, let Xbox announce it, okay? If Insider Gaming is saying, there are sources saying, this game's coming this year, it's going to be one of the surprise announcements at the Developer Direct. I said on Monday, I said, one of my predictions for the Developer Direct is that we get a surprise appearance from a game like Indiana Jones. I said that. I said, that might be one of the things they've been kind of like keeping back away from the public and then all of a sudden, that's the surprise appearance. Like, we get an update from Indiana Jones. I mean, I literally said that in my showcase. Not because I had any insider information. I just thought it kind of makes sense to say, hey, here are the games that are coming, but here's a surprise update from this team. Now, I also said, beyond just a shadow drop, I could see them making a surprise announcement. And that sounds like a surprise announcement to me. Indiana Jones is coming this year. Uh, okay, I hope it's ready. I hope you're not doing that cadence over quality thing that I've been concerned about for a while now. They're working on the Indiana Jones game, which we just started making earlier this year. Obviously, we literally just announced the deal, so you can make your own guesses on how far along that is, says Pete Hines. So Pete Hines said that in, you know, 2021. What's, uh, what's Shinobi saying? Indy is shocking. Really surprised it will be releasing... Uh, we'll be seeing that already. He says, Indy is shocking. Really surprised we'll be seeing that already. And Shinobi says, if you knew when it's coming out, not really. So Shinobi 
Shinobi's making it sound like, oh, it's not that shocking that we're seeing it right now. So, it, yeah, I mean, Shinobi seems to have inside intel as well that indicates Indiana Jones is coming this year. That's... I, I hope it's ready. <laughs> That's always my... Uh, mm. Oh, nice. Um... Nice. I got we got something from our PM creature. Indian Jones, pretty snarky. Little Phil been lying this whole series console. I mean, I I don't feel like discussing the 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 litany of things that haven't landed well. Um, what's it say? Off topic, but the Spider Man looks great in the back. Yeah, that was one of my Christmas gifts from my kiddos. That's a Lego. And then I got the Piranha Plant, and we've been working our way through all my backlog. So there's all the Star Wars busts. There's Yoda. You can't really tell. That's the Dagobah. That's the Yoda Dagobah. Um, what do they call that? Diorama or whatever they call those? I forget what they call those. Um, so. Hayden's over quality. Is that a bungee thing? No, it's a saying that I came up with. So whenever Phil Spencer says things like, we are finally at a point where we can deliver a big game at quality every quarter, okay? When I hear that, my, my hackles just immediately raise because I'm like, how are you lining up all the different developers that you have? How, how are you lining up their, their calendars to do that? You know what I'm saying? What if, what if every developer they approach is like, yeah, maybe end of this year. Well, what are they going to do? They're like, no, we need big games at quality every quarter. Well, what do you end up getting? You end up getting Redfall and Forza Motorsport. You get games that are clearly not ready. So that, as I said, is you're prioritizing cadence over quality. It's like, well, the games have to come out. If they come out missing features, broken, busted, and looking like trash doesn't matter we gotta launch them Redfall should have never launched in the state that it launched same goes for Forza Motorsport but when you when you're championing cadence over quality I hear Indiana Jones is coming this year I, I look at the I look at the developer direct and there's no mention of Hellblade 2 gameplay I'm thinking oh gosh like come on like we we know that in 2021, Indiana Jones was in the very, very, very early stages. We also know in the middle of 2021 that Ninja Theory had not entered full production on Hellblade 2. Here we are three years later and the games are releasing? That doesn't raise any concern at all? Ninja Theory only has 120 employees and they built a game in three... They built Hellblade 2 in three years? I mean, yeah, Indiana Jones, same deal. Like, that's a pretty ambitious title, is it not? You're, you're taking you're taking something that's in in many places considered sacred. You're taking a very very big name movie IP, and you're making a third person action adventure game. When up to now, the studio making the game has made a lot of shooters, so I'm sure there's learning curves there. I'm sure there's you know things they're having to to try maybe that they've never done before. And it's like okay. You built Indiana Jones in three years. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> everything we know, good dev cycles are like five to six years, not three. Don't you see? It's like, well, well that's why I keep saying, I'm like, ah, you call me a hater all you want, man. It sounds like they're prioritizing cadence over quality. 
You think they're going to stealth drop Hellblade 2? Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Why would you not leverage the, the marketing power of it? You know what I'm saying? Like the marketing power of Hellblade 2? Congratulations, Bill. You just got a gift of membership from Sneaky Wolf. Thank you so much, Sneaky Wolf, for gifting a member, taking us to 53 members on the day. I owe 10 members right now. Be fair, Gorilla did mostly shooters before Horizon. That is totally fair, Dave. But the question would be, how many challenges did they face? How many new things did they have to learn? Like, and, and how long was Horizon Zero Dawn in production? Did Gorilla say, hey, we've done shooters all this time. Let's do an open world action adventure game with giant dinosaur robots. And they're like, cool. And they just whipped it up in three years. I don't, I don't think so. That, that again, that feels like such a small window of time for development. According to Idle Sloth, documents made available as part of the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard King revealed that Bethesda had hoped to release Indiana Jones game by the end of fiscal year 2022, but the Siki made it not release. Developer Direct will showcase more than 10 minutes of game and developer insights, including details about the game's setting and story, how fans will actually play as Indy, additional details from this next globetrotting adventure, and the premiere of the first gameplay trailer. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. You go from saying you're very, very early in production and it you wanted to launch it a year and a half later. That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. It took seven years for Gorilla to make Horizon Zero Dawn. Do you do you do you hear what I'm saying? Do you understand now why I'm I'm like this just doesn't add up. It seems too fast. It took them seven years years to build Horizon Zero Dawn and we're allegedly going to be getting Indiana Jones and Hellblade after three years of development I'm t- I mean, I, that to me is just immediate cause for concern that seems like such a fast turnaround time that's lightning quick in the development world that's so fast could be a smaller indie game <laughs> You mean it would be an indie indie game? <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> it would be really weird to grab Indiana Jones and do like a small game. You guys don't think that that's weird? How many employees does, does Machine Games have? Machine uh, Games employee count. 159 according to this according to their according to their this website 159 so hellblade ninja theory is 120 and then these guys 159 now listen i'll be open to the reality that smaller teams can crank out work faster and more efficiently I'm open to that pushback. They're like, come on, Lono. Ninja Theory and Machine Games are smaller studios. They're in that sweet spot of under 200 employees, and they can really, really crank things out efficiently. Okay, I really hope you're right. I really do. Especially for Hellblade 2, because that's like the one I'm looking forward to the most. Alex Mercer... The prototype with two months of membership says, don't forget the Respawn Entertainment also did shooter games like Titanfall and did a great job with Jedi Fallen Order. 
Also, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Alex, if you're paying for your own membership, you're going to want to bump up by a dollar. If that's a gifted that somebody gave to you, then you don't have to do that. Just in case, I don't want you to suddenly be like, hey, I'm, I'm not getting all the content I used to get. We made a change this year uh, that if you want to come to the writer's room and Friday nights with Madam, you need to bump up by a dollar. Gifteds get into community game night on Friday nights, as well as a daily Q&A, as well as our Discord. Um, and Ryan Haver with a VIP in 28 months. Welcome back. Hello Games does it. They got they get like three updates for No Man's Sky per year. So much of what they're able to do with No Man's Sky though is because of the technology that they're able to leverage. Right? They're able to leverage that the, the, the procedural gen in their engine and I I just don't know. I I love Hello Games, but I think there's a difference between mechanical systemic updates and like substantive content like playing through Hellblade 2 or playing through Indiana Jones that's substantive there's 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 motion capture screen uh, screenwriting and and scripting and acting and then you got to build the worlds and then you got to build the levels and then you got to make sure all the mechanics work properly Hello Games built a sandbox and they add things to the sandbox. Substantive things for sure, but they're not doing all of those other things. I, I just think it's not... Everybody keeps bringing up Hello Games and like you understand that what they do to No Man's Sky is vastly different than building an entirely new game. Like Indiana Jones. It's, it's not relatable at all. Well, eight people... I mean, every year we get great updates from No Man's Sky. Yeah, and they're more mechanistic and systemic. They're not creating substantive missions and stories and quests and levels and enemies. They're not doing any of that. They're largely working within the sandbox and adding things to it, which they deserve praise. 100% they deserve praise for it. But it's not comparable to building a brand new game. Yo, Grey God, welcome back as a member. They've not announced who's playing indie now. No. I'm not confident that uh, about a game being made by the same people that played made Wolfenstein Youngblood. That was a very bad game. Wait, was that them? I know they made some of the Wolfensteins. Is that one of the ones they made? Because that one did get a lot of uh, it, it got it got beat up pretty bad. I thought that one had like a rush development cycle or something. Publisher was Bethesda. Developer was Machine Games, Arcane Studios, and Panic Button Games. I'm not going to hang that around. I'm not going to hang that around them. No. It does have pretty bad... Yeah. Yeah, Arcane Leon actually helped with that one too, which that's surprising. That's really surprising. I wonder what happened with that game. That feels kind of weird to me. That feels really weird. Both Machine Games and Arcane Leon made that game. That game got bad scores. Angry Pete says, Hellblade was short, but you still love it. Lono, if they made a quality game with a good story, it doesn't necessarily have to be 60 hours long. Okay, Angry Pete, that's 100% fair pushback on Hellblade 2, but they said that it was going to make the first game look like a little indie title. He's there. They're they're talking. These guys are talking a big game. They're they're talking about their game. You know, like it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be something. It's gonna do something. I mean, not to me. I that doesn't need that doesn't mean that the length of the game has to be incredible. And listen, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I have been praising shorter games. So 
if Hellblade 2 lands in like the 15 hour mark and Indiana Jones lands in the 15 to 20 hour mark I'll be like that's great it'll be 5 to 7 hours I don't think it'll be that short I think it'll at least land above 10 hours maybe maybe my expectations are wrong but I, I would imagine it's going to be longer than the first game uh, how long does the first one take to complete I played it so many times but I never like set a stopwatch uh, time to complete it looks like all play styles it's averaging about 8 hours for the first game the main story is 7.5 hours if you do everything it's like 9.5 I would imagine the next game is going to be longer than that the first game is pretty short but it's still going to take you between 7 and 10 hours depending on how you play I would imagine the next game would land between 10 and 12 10 and 15 and I'm fine with that. So y- y- that's fair pushback on on Hellblade, and maybe that's fair pushback on Indiana Jones. It's like, listen, man, people are really celebrating shorter games now. We don't need five and six years. You can build a shorter, more consumable game in three to four, and then it does just as well. Because I, I, I I'm really looking forward to finally, you know, going back and playing through AC Mirage. Why? Because I know it's not going to take me for forever. my last comment not go through because I said this word of course it wouldn't come through if you said that word you dolt no you can't say that word is that you need to ask that question why didn't my my comment come through I only typed one of the most offensive words in the English language I don't understand it's a real noodle twister of course it didn't come through uh, it'll be interesting to see how many indie compares to Uncharted or Tomb Raider. Hopefully they manage to differentiate themselves. Um, I said I want to crack the whip on some of this. Oh, that's not the N-word, bro. <laughs> you are aware there's another word that we refer to as that, right? And it's not that word. <laughs> He said, I wonder why my comment didn't go through. Is it because I said the N-word? Like, that's not that word, bro. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my. If you say that you can't see something, you might say that, you know, I cannot see it. And if you say that really fast, you're saying that word. Yo, welcome back, Dynamite Black. Oh. <laughs> uh, I so know that. It was hilarious. Yeah, I was like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> he set us up. Yeah, he totally did. It was totally, he had us in the first half. Right? I got to admit it. I got to admit it. He had us in the first half. I got to believe in a small dev to make games to make like Lethal Company, for example. Okay. You're not wrong. You're not wrong, Han. But we have to see there's a big difference between a game like Hellblade 2 and Indiana Jones and a game like Lethal Company. You you have to see that. Games that are driven by mechanisms and not content. Do you understand? Like, No Man's Sky is driven by mechanisms, not by content. You're not doing these lengthy quests with voice acting and a script and motion capture it's driven by mechanisms 
and they add more mechanisms you can have this kind of vehicle now you can do this with your vehicles now you can do this with planting and survival things like that so I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying it's a cause for concern. I I think that always gets twisted up. People think when I say, oh, I don't know, I'm kind of concerned. That's kind of a small dev window. Well, everything's viewed through the console war. So, like, you're just being a hater. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm looking at Rise of the Ronin, and I'm saying the same thing. It looks rough. It looks like the animations are kind of bad. I don't know. I'm kind of concerned about that game. It doesn't look that good. Right? When people are like, oh no, man, Insomniac's going to launch Wolverine in 2024. I'm like, there's no freaking way they're going to do that. There's no way they can have that kind of turnaround on a brand new game. There's no way. I'm being consistent. I'm saying the same thing. Like, when your dev window is that small, it makes me say, ah, come on, absolutely not. There's no way that game is ready. No way. Do you remember when they announced Jedi Survivor, or when they announced the release date? Do you remember what my response was? I was shocked. I was like, how are, what? Like, how are they doing that? It, it felt like it was out of nowhere. I was like, I was like that fast. I was like, okay, gee, it's almost as if there are rhythms to making games. There's length of time required for a game to land and be at quality. And it ain't three years. It ain't three years. What was the time between those two, by the way? Jedi, Fallen, Order, release date. 2019. November of 2019. You're practically into 2020. Do you see why I was concerned about that release date? I was like, that seems really fast. So they built the sequel in 2020, 2021, and 2022. And then they released the game in early 2023. Look at the coincidence. One, two, three. Wow. It's almost like three years isn't enough time. I, I said the same thing. I was like, how is Jedi Survivor already coming out? I was like, it's only been three years. That seems crazy to me. I, I was right. It wasn't ready. It needed easily another year to be polished and to land correctly. What would that have been? out of in a four-year dev cycle now a four-year dev cycle on jedi survivor makes perfectly good sense to me because you're using existing assets so you get to skip a lot of steps right spider-man 2 was three years it's possible yeah hazard me a guess paul on why insomniac was able to do that with spider-man 2 you already know the answer you're way too plugged in and way too smart you know you know 2020 doesn't even count yeah they people lost a ton of development time in 2020 it's like how is this even happening how did you even make these games like of course spider-man 2 came out in three years time because they had a map already built they had mechanics and enemies and they had lots of things already built so they were able to go from spider-man 1 to spider-man 2 significantly easier that's why i kept telling people i was like guys there's no way wolverine's coming out in 2024 you're misunderstanding the cadence of insomniac games so much of it was because of the base game of spider-man 1 we got miles morales really quickly we got spider-man 2 faster than seemed possible why they built off of the first game. So when I look at Hellblade 2, I don't think their plan is to largely build off of the first game's areas. It's all new areas, new enemies. Now, yes, you've got the character models in the in the animation sets to iterate upon within the engine, but you don't have like, well, yeah, we're going to be in the same map. 
That's the concern that I have. And then Indiana Jones is a brand new IP built in three years. I think it's fair to be concerned. That's not hate. That's not saying it's going to be bad. I I actually talk about how Jedi Survivor is a great game that came out too early. And I don't want to see that with other games. If Hellblade 2 is a great game that comes out too early. If Indiana Jones is a great game that comes out too early. Guess what? Then it's not on the devs. It's not. I will fault Xbox for that. I won't even hesitate. If either of those games come out and it's clear they're not ready, there's only one person to blame the leadership at xbox you say why would you do this these games aren't ready forza motorsport wasn't ready do you remember last year at the developer direct when there wasn't a release date for forza motorsport what did i say i said well that's kind of concerning your game is allegedly supposed to be coming the first half of 2023 according to your showcase last year and you don't have a release date it's allegedly coming in the next five months and you don't have a release date gee It was almost like, that's kind of concerning. And what happened? It got delayed into the second half of the year, missing features, graphical degradation from whenever they first showed it, and, oh, features and tracks are coming later. The game wasn't ready. There's, There's always signs of this. You just have to look. Jedi Survivor, same deal. It's it's not difficult. It's not difficult. It's Oh, wow. That seems a little crazy fast. Turnaround time. How are they going to do that? Sure enough, Jedi Survivor launched before it was supposed to. I don't know if it's going to be another Tomb Raider Saint-ism. Indiana Jones is going to be an action-adventure game about Indiana Jones. So, I'm sure it will have similarities to Tomb Raider and Uncharted, but we have to be honest about something. Tomb Raider and Uncharted are very, very inspired by Indiana Jones. You can't blame the source material for being similar to to the games that were inspired by it. Like that's not that wouldn't be fair. They have a lot of the World War stuff from Wolfenstein they could use. A lot of reused assets with stone and such as well. And it's all set in the World War times, vehicles and all. I mean, I that makes sense, Butters, that I mean, Butters makes a good point. Indiana Jones development could have been expedited by the fact that they have a lot of assets from Wolfenstein that translate right into Indiana Jones. World War II vehicles and weapons and character models. If you're dealing with Germans, because Indiana Jones deals with the Germans, you know what I'm talking about, the Germans. He deals with them in the movie, so it's apparently a platformer? What? Hang on a minute. It's an action-adventure that puts... I mean, I guess a platformer can be action-adventure. Where did you hear that? Where did you hear that Indiana Jones is a platformer? What, is it going to be like Pitfall? They won't do Germans? This won't be anything World War? How, how, do, you, how do you know that? Oh, there's a rumor that it's a platformer. Well, you could build that in three years. 
you could build that you could build that in three years i'm i was picturing an op a third person action adventure game because i see the words action adventure and that's right where my mind goes i'm like oh yeah it's gonna be like a tomb raider or an uncharted building a game like that in three years i'm like i don't know about that that doesn't seem like enough time Uncharted is a platformer too, though. It's just action-adventure. Who would ever describe Uncharted as a platformer? Huh? Also, you can't discount dev time, say, by only developing for one platform. I mean, I suppose that's true if they're only building it for Xbox. Sure. That does cut down on dev time. We know this. That's why I said, I forget what we were talking about, but I've said this a handful of times. I said that I think you're going to be seeing a lot more timed exclusivities from third-party devs because it cuts down on dev time and they can get that you know influx of cash from the beginning of the sales on the one platform and then that can fund porting it to the other platforms. The rumor is it's an art-style platformer. I mean, I would be fully in support of that if it's like a Metroidvania because he's got a whip. You know what I'm saying? Let's get that Castlevania vibe going. Has there been any material describing Indiana Jones as third person? No. I mean, even this blog post says it's an upcoming game. It's an action adventure that puts players in the leather jacket of the legendary archaeologist. There's going to be 10 minutes of game and developer insights, including details about the game setting and story, how fans will play as Indy, additional details from this globetrotting adventure, and the premise of the first gameplay trailer. We will see gameplay. We will know in nine days. You'd be disappointed if it's a pure platformer. Yeah, when I hear platformer, I think of like games where it's a platformer like Mario. Aaron knows. He's saying. We are thrilled to kick off 2024 with our second ever developer direct next Thursday, January the 18th. Hope you will join us to experience the magic of visiting these studios and teams for an inside look at the games coming to Xbox, PC, and Game Pass. Why is he saying he knows? He doesn't say exclusively. (laughs) Does he need help carefully reading that? He's insinuating they're going to Game Pass elsewhere. No, it just says coming to game coming to Xbox PC and Game Pass. <laughs> what he's not seeing is that it doesn't say anything about exclusively. <laughs> you, think, you think oh. I mean we've said a lot of things seem impossible. I still think Game Pass coming to Nintendo or PlayStation seems impossible. But then just yesterday, we looked at tons of insider information that's talking about they're considering the next Halo being on on cross-platform. Sea of Thieves is allegedly coming to PlayStation. Hi-Fi Rush is allegedly coming to PlayStation. We've heard about Starfield. We've heard about Redfall. 
we're hearing Doom might be coming to PlayStation as a multi-plat with an X release. So I I don't know. The, the, the idea that Game Pass, hey, somebody ordered some coffee like 24 minutes ago. Thank you so much. Your first name starts with D. Six bags of Frickmas. Oh my word. That's a lot of coffee. Thank you very, very much. Listen, I like to show off the website every now and again. If you guys are coffee drinkers and you've never tried our coffee, you really should head over to reforgeroast.com. We have a dark roast, a light roast, and our holiday blend is the Frickmas blend. All of the flavor profiles are available here, and we all of our coffees feature both balanced or low acidity, and you can shop and go to bundles. You can try all three in the triple threat, or you can do best of both worlds. Or if you prefer... You can just buy them separate by themselves if there's one that you know you're going to like. And you can see there, the reviews are on the individual coffee flavors, not on like the bundles. So you can see what our what our, what our our folks think that have ordered it down below. If you click reviews, you can see what everybody says about the coffee. So be sure to check out reforgeroast.com. That is not a sponsor, by the way. My wife and kiddos bag that up and ship it to you with thank you notes. It's a small business, basically, that you're supporting. It is our property. It's a property of Reforge Gaming. So thank you guys so much for supporting that, all you coffee drinkers out there. Yes, you are late to that, Talica. <clears throat> From what Todd said on Lex Friedman, it sounds like indie will be a mix of play, th- play styles and perspectives. I'm open to whatever because I love platformers. I love Metroidvanias, but I also love open world action adventure games. I do. I love Ori in the Blind Forest, Will of the Wisps, Hollow Knight, Sundered. Those are all great platformers. I also love Uncharted, Tomb Raider, you know, um, Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima, like open world action adventure games. Like I'm open to whatever. Coffee's also on Game Pass. No, the coffee is not on Game Pass. I, you know, I want to make money on it, Brooklyn. I don't, I'm not giving it away. <laughs> Suicide's, uh, Kill the Justice League previews aren't promising at all. I'm seeing mixed responses. I, you know, I kept telling people that I think it was going to be fun. A couple of the previews I saw said they were surprised by how fun it was, but a lot of them are saying it just doesn't, it, it really comes down to, it's going to be like, it's going to be just like Liza P. I think the negative reviews are going to be driven by largely, same with Avatar, they're largely going to be driven by like, well, it's not what I wanted, so it's bad. Right? It's not what I wanted, so it's bad. Instead of being like, well, this is what they set out to build, let me judge it within that category. I think that's going to be one of the biggest problems with that game, is that everybody wanted something different from them, and that's why the, the game is going to be judged against that. Newer Tomb Raider games are more like Uncharted. OG Tomb Raider had more of platformer mechanics. That's true. I will admit that there is a blend between, but like when I think of Uncharted, like I don't think of it as a platformer, you know, I think of it as an open world action adventure game that has platforming in it. Sure. Lies be getting good praise though. Look at the review scores when you go aggregate on open critic or Metacritic. It didn't do that well. And then you go look at Steam and PlayStation. It did incredible. Liza P did marketedly better when you look at what the people, excuse me, when you look at the reviewers, the players, it did way better. $5 super chat tip from Sneaky Wolf. 
Do you think they'll say anything about the third party stuff at the direct? No, they're not going to say a word about it. No. What's going on with these glasses? Like, I'm losing my mind. The way the light hits them, I'm constantly seeing smudges. They got to be like perfect. Are you expecting Indiana Jones to be a smaller scale Uncharted Tomb Raider? We're hearing now that it could be like a platformer, Sven, so I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. But we are at the 30 minute mark, so I owe you guys 10 members. I'm going to gift 10 members right now. Alright? I'm going to gift 10 members right now. Thank you Lochness for jumping back in as a VIP member. So, the 10 people that I'm gifting members to, you now have access to our Discord and a monthly community game night and the Q&A session that we are about to start. If you like the sample that you get, we basically pay it forward to you. You can sample all those things. If you like it, you can upgrade for a dollar and get a full membership. It's $6 a month instead of 5 you can now sample all those different things. The only thing you can't come to is writer's room and streams with my wife. That is reserved for full membership. So, you get a sampling to see if you like it. Now, you guys can obviously keep gifting members and keep becoming members over the next 30 minutes, but I am going to switch the chat to members only, and I'm going to launch a Q&A. All right? This is your opportunity to ask me questions as a member, and we do call it gaming AMA, you can ask me anything about gaming, but given the topic, if you guys want to ask about first-party games coming to PlayStation, if you want to ask about the future of Xbox, if you want to ask about the Xbox Direct, we got off on Hellblade and we got off on Indiana Jones, but that's totally fine because that's within the confines of the topic being Xbox and their first-party games. So, I did not... I did not try to like keep us off of those topics. We already did a Developer Direct stream earlier this week so I did not feel the need uh, to like protect another show. Now we are going to co-stream and watch the developer direct when it happens. So uh, make sure you're subscribed to the channel so you don't miss that stuff. If Indiana Jones is a 2D platformer, that would be hilarious. I would be kind of excited about that though. And if right now you want to chat and you're like, oh, I'm missing out on this q and I'm missing out on this chat right now. Just keep watching. You might get a gifted membership from the people that are very, very kind and generous here. And if they hit 75, I'll owe more. So you might get some from me. And Catwalk hits 10 months as a VIP. Thank you very much, Catwalk. Appreciate you so, so much for doing that. Platform means it's more. It's on more than one platform. Oh my gosh, shut up. <laughs> uh, What's your take on driving the car with a dual sense? Uh, you know, I I don't care about stuff like that. You know, it's cool. That I but that kind of stuff is just like, all right, you know. I, I actually let me let me give you a little bit more of an answer. What it does is is it feels more and more like Sony is really pushing the look at all the great hardware we make, and they're tying everything together. Like, that's what it feels like to me, is they're they're wrapping all that up with a nice bow. Like, when you have, like, a controller and a car interacting with each other, that was kind of my take on it, was that they're continuing to kind of create this ecosystem, this culture around their stuff, if that makes sense. So, um, imagine getting stick drift. Yeah, that would be really dangerous if you got stick drift. I actually, one of my DualSense controllers now has stick drift. The black, uh, we have a black controller. I've got uh, 
two white controllers, the God of War Ragnarok controller, the Spider-Man controller, and uh, I think the black one was the one I used the most in the early days, so it kind of makes sense. Because the white one, I just, I, I liked it, but I thought the black one just looked cooler with the lights and everything. D-Dizzle jumping back in with 28 months and a VIP. What happens if the battery dies? Well, battery wouldn't die because it would be pulling power from the car, but I know you're being silly. Yeah, it would, it would, that, <laughs> that wouldn't be the case. So, all right, let me take a look here at the questions being submitted. Do you think we'll see Fallout 3 remastered at the Direct? No, no, but I think there will be a shadow drop at the Direct, whether it's Kiln or maybe Towerborn was doing a looky-loo on, on Twitter when they said, oh, we're going to, you know, our game's coming later this year. Uh, it's possible they were tricking us, you know? Uh, there's also 33 Immortals, so... I do think we get a surprise drop, whether it's a shadow drop at the event or like a week later. I still kind of feel like that's in the spirit of a shadow drop. Like, hey, you can play this next week. Um, You know, I I think we'll get something like that, some kind of a surprise. I think the surprise of the event is going to be Indiana Jones saying, oh yeah, we're releasing this year. That's bonkers to me. Like, I I think that's bonkers. So... CES started yesterday. Yeah, I didn't really watch any of it. I was at dinner and hanging out with my kids and building Lego sets with them, you know, down here in their in their library. And I was doing that yesterday. I, I don't I, I try not to to do much in the evenings with work. I try to to be locked in with the kids. Yo, Louie Love, welcome back as a member. Enjoy that green badge. Four months for Wolf Saints. What's up, Lono? How you doing? I'm good. Wolf Saints, if you're paying for your own membership, you need to bump up by a dollar or you're going to be missing out on some of the content that you used to enjoy. We had to restructure some things. If you are, in fact, getting four months of memberships and it is gifted from somebody else, just make sure and say thank you to the person that did that and, and then let them know you appreciate that and you still get access to the Discord as well as this Q&A that we're doing right now, as well as a monthly community game night. And you guys have already pushed the line again today, and we appreciate that so, so much for you doing that. We are currently at 2,300 members. If we hit 2,500, you'll get an extra community game night. We will do that this Friday. And if you hit the stretch goal, we're going to pick a fighting game, and you can beat me up. I hate fighting games. Um... The Cisco with a members only Q&A here says, did people just not believe Satya Nadella when he spoke about not liking exclusives? This is something like I I, I kind of touched on in the monologue. When you're beholden to a narrative, you have to twist everything to fit the narrative. When you're not beholden to a narrative, you just say, huh, he said they don't really like exclusives. Huh. The CFO said that first-party titles more and more, you're going to see this change of strategy of they're going to start landing on competing platforms like PlayStation and Nintendo. Huh. That came on the heels of Phil Spencer telling Famitsu that he views Nintendo and PlayStation as the Call of Duty... I'm sorry, the Xbox community. Huh. You you just start to put those things together and say, that it really seems like Microsoft and Xbox are going to change strategy and use all this property that they just bought for a ton of money and start selling it everywhere. Phil Spencer told Famitsu he really started seeing things differently because of Minecraft. Minecraft was the catalyst. So it's like, when you're beholden to a narrative, what do you do? No, 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 no. Satya was just saying that. You know, Satya is not in charge, which is hilarious to say. Yeah, he's not in charge. Sure. 
And then when the CFO says what he says, no, 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 no. The CFO is talking about Activision Blizzard titles only. Look, look, look. You know, and they try and do this like breakdown of like his answers, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, he he's talking about ABK only. Okay. They have to twist everything, got to bend everything. Everything is subservient to the narrative. You know, everything's fine. You know, the house is blowing up and on fire behind the guy. You know, that meme, everything's fine. They're not going to put first-party games on this. Like, we go from people saying, no, first-party games aren't going to PlayStation, that's just copium, to saying, well, this seems to be the strategy going forward. Well, at least they'll make more money. Like that. You almost can't snap your fingers fast enough just how fast the narrative changes. Just like that. It's all not. This is copium. You ponies are port begging to, uh, yeah, I guess this is happening. Well, you know, joke's on you. They're going to make more money. What the? What? What? That's subservience to a narrative. It's it's not facts based. It's it's not good faith. It isn't. It's it's subservience to a narrative. You're always bending everything to that narrative. And here's the thing: honesty and facts based content is future proof. You want to future proof your content? Just be honest. Just base everything in fact. You want to know why? Because you can always make a video saying, I was wrong. I was right. I told you so. I got that one wrong. We called that one. We, we said that was coming. Oh, no. Yeah, I said I got that one wrong. I was wrong about that. That's future proof, dude. That's future proof. You never have to worry. It's never like, oh, no. What's going to happen if the narrative that I was committed to starts to unravel and not take place and the, you know, loyal viewers that I fostered around tribalistic nonsense and console warring, well, now I have to diminish that and act like that's not a big deal that we completely lost this fight. Brother, your content's future-proof if you latch on to honesty and integrity and just giving people the facts. Like, it's so much easier to just do it that way. That's why all last year it was just like, I was just maybe a little bit too bold, maybe a little bit too brash, because I was just like, I'm just telling you the facts. These are the facts. And this is what I think in light of the facts. And calling me names, like that doesn't achieve anything. Again, I was probably a little bit too brash last year. I really leaned into the the idea that I knew I could put a clip on Twitter or I knew I could say something and get a zinger in and I, I knew I could stoke those fires. Admittedly, I didn't handle 2023 perfectly. I'm trying to be more you know, charitable, more, hey man, I see where you're coming from. That's why we structured the show in the way that we have. We're modeling accuracy, empathy, and honesty. I accurately report the facts. I empathetically try to understand why people are reacting the way that they're reacting. And then I honestly tell you what I think. You get all three. Empathy, I'm sorry, 
accuracy, empathy, and honesty. Those are the three pillars of what we do here. Every monologue is structured around those three pillars. And that is future-proof content. You never have to go back and be like, well, now I gotta bend and twist things and, and shade things and spin things because, oh man, this isn't lining up with the narrative that I was beholden to. I don't ever have to do that. Like, no, I just told you what was going on. And then I told you what people were saying. And then I told you what I thought. That's future proof. People are learning a hard lesson. They're learning a hard lesson. And like you don't, when you are beholden to a brand and a narrative, I think you're less interesting because I don't really know what you think. And secondly, you're taking a huge gamble and a huge risk because if things don't pan out the way they're supposed to, then what are you going to do? So, next question. I'm, I'm getting down off the soapbox. Next question. You hear about the Spider-Man 2 stolen code being used to make it playable on PC? I did not hear about that. That doesn't surprise me. Um, we know that the God of War Ragnarok pipeline changed when they ported 2018 to PC. So when they port games to PC, they certainly learn a lot. And they probably make changes to make it easier to bring games to PC. Um, and we also know according to the insomniac leaks that as they want to interweave online aspects live service aspects into their games their games are going to start landing like day and date on pc in like 2029 2030 things like that so uh let's see here shooter forever what do you think about the rumors about horizon mmo being pc and mobile only i haven't heard those rumors yet that sounds insane to me um that I can't think of a reason why you would do that number one I understand the inclusion of mobile but PC and mobile only doesn't make any sense to me Horizon as a game would not have the strongest of traction on PC as much as it would on the Playstation if you look at that image do I still have that image loaded in here now shoot I don't I had an image where we looked, it was all the sales of like first party games. Horizon has been incredibly successful as a first party piece of property for PlayStation. I cannot imagine taking that, that, I cannot imagine taking that property, that brand, and not having it on PlayStation. That doesn't make any business sense whatsoever. So, that's been one of their most successful first party titles if not the most like it's insane how well horizon has done so that doesn't stand to reason that sounds like smoke no fire uh do you see xbox still doing exclusive content even though their games are going to go to playstation nintendo says sorcerer well it would be i think it would be a, a a process um that's what mbg was saying pc and mobile only I would have to see some concrete information. That doesn't make any sense to me. That sounds like utter nonsense. They're just building the PC version and the mobile versions. Gorilla's making the PS5 version. Right, isn't Gorilla working with another company on that? It would make it would make sense to have the other company working on the mobile and PC version if that's their expertise and Gorilla would be working on the PlayStation 5. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Saying something is exclusive while ignoring PC. That's disingenuous. What are you guys saying? But saying something isn't exclusive because uh, it's on PC is kind of disingenuous. Well, we understand when someone says exclusive 
for Xbox. We all understand that includes PC. We're saying console exclusive. We're just you don't need to be pedantic and force somebody to say console exclusive every time. If a game is exclusive to Xbox, yes it comes on PC, but we know what we mean when we say that. We we there there's communication is about having understanding and when someone says that's an xbox exclusive you don't need to be like well actually it also launches on pc like you don't need to do that like that's not necessary we 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 all know what that means when it's stated it's a console exclusive so to sorcerer's question i think it would be a slow process i think what you would see is the window of time getting shorter and shorter and shorter of like, hey, these games are exclusive to Xbox and PC, right? And then a year or two later, it hits PlayStation and Nintendo. It's almost like PlayStation's model, but different. Like, PlayStation launches a title, and then like a year or two later, it goes to PC. This would kind of be the same format. It would be like, it's an exclusive to Xbox and PC, and then like a year or two later, it goes to Nintendo and PlayStation. Now, I actually think from what we've heard from the insiders that window is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller and there just won't even be a concept of an xbox exclusive anymore it won't be a thing i didn't include tom warren's tweet but he deleted it tom warren was educating a blogger who struggles with investigation and he was educating him and he basically said that this all makes sense because game pass saturation on console has kind of hit its peak And then he also said that the next console from Xbox is the hybrid. Why do you need an Xbox exclusive at that point? You're no longer driving a console narrative or a console ecosystem. You're not. So when that happens, when that next thing lands, and they're out here selling like a dongle or some kind of a console cloud hybrid, when that happens, you don't need your titles to land as an Xbox exclusive. You just need them to land everywhere. You see them land everywhere. It, it's. I think, again, <laughs> people have just been sort of in denial about where things are headed because the reason I can empathize with people is because I kind of don't want it to happen either. I wanted Xbox to come out swinging with the Series X. I wanted them to come out swinging with performance and power. I wanted them to come out swinging with first party and a crazy winning Halo and like just absolutely crush it this generation. And they didn't do that. Okay. I don't like where things are. That doesn't mean I deny they're happening. Do you understand? Like, I don't like where we ended up with Xbox. I don't. I was heavily invested in Xbox. It's where most of my games are owned. I spent more of my time on Xbox when I built my console uh, library, when I built my career streaming. I was primarily on Xbox. And all of my frustration last year was, I don't like that this is happening. See, the difference between me and those sort of, those people is, we both don't like it. I'm just admitting that it's happening. And in, and in that, we're brothers. In that, we're, we're, we're on the same team. We both don't like this. We're like, ugh, this is not what I wanted for Xbox. I'm just admitting that it's happening. And eventually, they're going to have to. The, the identity of Xbox is changing right in, right in front of us. It's, it's happening right in front of us. And you can keep denying it. And you can keep saying, no, no, no. 
Xbox going to be king this year. Xbox going to kick the crap out of PlayStation. That's not even a strategy on the books with them. They don't care about that. They care about selling on PlayStation, not beating PlayStation. So, I I hope some people can sense there's camaraderie to be had here. I've never been your enemy. So many of you are hate-watching right now, and you spit in my face all last year. You made efforts, and still some of you make efforts to damage my business and hurt me, and you want to encourage people to not watch me. I hope you can sense it like, I've been on your team the whole time. I've been saying, this is not good. This isn't where we want it to go. They're going to become like a publisher. They're not going to prioritize console. And calling me a pony all last year, you know what that didn't do? It didn't change anything. It still happened. And it's still happening. So, clip that. Uh, Let's see. MTO says, do you think that we likely see the rumored Banjo-Kazooie game this June on Xbox conference? Too soon or skeptical? I mean, I'll be kind of surprised if they do anything with Banjo-Kazooie. It's just like the Daxter, Jack and Daxter stuff with PlayStation. I just don't think those games have pull anymore. So I, I really, I really don't know. I really don't know. Uh, EDM Wolf says, what has been your favorite game release of 2023 or any platform? Also, thank you so much for the gifted member. You are welcome, EDM Wolf. I hope you like sampling the Discord and the content in this Q&A session. And again, if you like it, you can pick up the membership on your own. Uh, you can upgrade for a dollar. So, my favorite release last year was a very close tie between Spider-Man 2 and Jedi Fallen Order. I would have picked, I'm sorry, Jedi Survivor. I would have picked Jedi Survivor if it launched in a better state. I ended up picking Spider-Man 2 because I I just couldn't give it to, to Jedi Survivor on principle alone. But those were like my two top games last year. Loved them. Loved them. Lone Wolf says there's speculation that uh, either Oblivion Remaster or Fallout Remaster are coming out this year. Which of those do you think comes out, assuming that they're real? Which one do you want more? Well, I entered Fallout with Fallout 4, so I don't have a strong interest in either of those titles. I, I don't I don't have a strong interest in either of those titles. I'm 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 trying to pick between the two. I would probably go with Fallout because of the game type. I'd probably be more interested in that because of the game type. But I just never really played those. There's a lot of titles I didn't play. I was never in the PlayStation ecosystem, so I missed out on, like, Metal Gear Solid. I missed out on all of the Uncharted's, and then I played 4 and loved it. So, that, that's why I remember I was in shock when I started getting called a Sony pony. I was like, what on earth? I was like, a Sony pony? I was like, what the frick? I was like, I'm an Xbox guy. What is going on? I just, I've, I've never been deep into, the, into a lot of those games. So... Yeah, we'll see. JC's asking for 54 more likes. Guys, we got nine minutes. If you guys want to drop 20 more members, 
that'll make me give five more let's get 25 more people in here to sample the Q&A and to sample the Discord a $5 tip from Bold Alpha Wolfpack says imagine PlayStation putting out a report that the top three bought and played games on PlayStation are all Xbox games year in year out Xbox is sending in the Trojan horse you're the second person today to say that do you honestly think that means anything Is that the new narrative point? Which podcast threw that out there? Because I, I, somebody said it. Because now everybody that is that what we're gonna hear? That that's that's the new narrative, right? That is that is that the route to coping with this? Is oh <laughs> well, the uh, your top selling games over there are gonna be ours. That's a Trojan horse. How do you figure? How do you figure? Was it a Trojan horse that one of the most sold games on PlayStation for the last couple of years was Call of Duty, and that's an Activision title, and that's not a PlayStation title? Was that like a Trojan horse? Did Activision leverage that and hurt PlayStation in any way? Like, what What are they going to do with that? What are they going to do? What? How is that a Trojan horse? A Trojan horse harkens back to the analogy that it sneaks in and it attacks from within. What are they going to do? Make a bunch of really successful games on PlayStation, make a ton of money, which also means PlayStation makes a ton of money, and then do what? Make the games bad? So that that hurts PlayStation? And then hurts themselves? You understand that in order for a Trojan horse analogy to work, it has to sabotage. It has to sneak in and destroy from within. And when you're selling games on Nintendo Switch or PlayStation, it's a symbiotic relationship. If the game's really good and it does really well, Xbox makes a ton of money. And so does PlayStation. If the games are crap and they don't sell very well, Xbox doesn't make any money. And neither does PlayStation. And guess who loses the most when a game goes to PlayStation and isn't successful? It isn't PlayStation. It's the company that footed the bill to make the game. So, I don't understand this idea that that's a Trojan horse. That's got to be the weirdest way to turn this into a win I think I've ever seen. Like, oh yeah, but we're going to make more money than them over there. (laughs) Okay, McDonald's probably makes more money than Wendy's. Have you ever celebrated that? When we go to earnings reports and celebrate, is that what we're going to do now? I thought this was about games. Like, all last year, my frustration was game quality. Where's all those performance promises for the Series X? Where's the investment in first party? Where's the investment in distribution of the Series X? I wasn't like, well, it's all fine because Microsoft makes tons of money. Microsoft's really wealthy. That never gave me comfort. I was never like, no, it's fine. It's fine that all the things I wanted from Xbox didn't happen, but Microsoft made tons of money. Who cares about that? Now, we look at sales reports of the PlayStation 3 to 1 over Xbox, not because we're pocket watching, but because that's where the market will go. That's market analysis. That's like, oh man, games are going to go there. Developers are going to go there. The, 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 the culture is going to go there. Like, that's why we analyze sales. We analyze console sales because that's where the market will go. But I'm never like, 
guys, record profits for PlayStation this year. That doesn't matter to me. It was an insult that Jedi Survivor was extremely commercially successful and it launched like crap. Did did anybody do that? Did you get into a discussion with anybody about Jedi Survivor's launch date? And they were like, well, did you see the sales reports? They made tons of money and that makes me feel good. So I'm still playing. Nobody does that because that doesn't matter to the consumer. What matters to the consumer is the value and the quality that you receive, which is everything I harped on last year. Cadence over quality. You're going to get games at a schedule, but you're not going to get games at quality. And look what happened. Half the games that came out last year were clearly not ready. Half the four, the four, Hi-Fi Rush was ready. Starfield, I think, was ready. Buggy, but not, not, not buggy to the point that you would say it wasn't ready. And then Redfall and Forza Motorsport were clearly not ready. It's about quality and value. It's not about how much money the company makes. That was, that was what always killed me in the Game Pass discussion. Well, they, they're making this much money every year off Game Pass. I don't care about that. It's not a sustainable business model. It isn't, and they're proving it. The reason you're putting first-party titles on other platforms is because Game Pass isn't sustainable. You can't just keep feeding it massive acquisition property and basically just giving it away to people. Yeah, 10 bucks a month. Here's all this stuff that we spent billions on. That doesn't make any sense. It never made any sense. That's why anybody with basic business acumen was like, there is no way Microsoft buys all this property and just shovels it over to Game Pass, and that's their strategy. There's literally no way that's the strat. It was easy to predict what they were going to do because it's such basic business sense that if you buy that much property and you spend that much money, you're going to put the content everywhere. You're going to put the games everywhere to get return of investment. It's basic business sense. There was no there was no tea leaves. There was no crystal ball to predict that. But you'll deny it and you'll say, oh, it's never going to happen. There, there's no way. I can, there, there's absolutely no way they're going to do that because that doesn't line up with the narrative. That's why it was pushed back against so strongly all last year. And even when the CFO said what he said, it was all pushed back on because it doesn't line up with the predetermined narrative. It wasn't pushed back on through logic, reason, or business argumentation, or even basic economics. It was always argued against from ideological positions of like, well, that'd be terrible for Xbox's identity and brand, so there's no way that they're doing that. It turns out that they they are. I don't think you're getting information from Steven Totillo and, and Jeff Grubb and all these other insiders, I don't think these are all misfires. I think these things are happening. These things are happening. I don't think you have this many insiders suddenly speaking out, and then you have games rated on an Australian website. I I guarantee you, this is not a smoke-no-fire situation. This is happening. And for those of us that saw it coming, we already went through the stages of frustration and irritation. The rest of y'all are just catching up. Why is it? What's going on with YouTube? I can't do anything on the back end. I'm trying to save this. Their strategy is cloud mobile. Mobile makes up 50% of the market revenue. Sure, but that doesn't mean you buy property that... That doesn't mean that you have really valuable property like Hi-Fi Rush and just let it sit on Game Pass with abysmal engagement. It it got terrible engagement by the Xbox community. 
It got terrible engagement. Why? You fostered an ecosystem of you just keep giving it to me. Just feed me Seymour. And there's no investment. There's no money spent. So the players treat everything as disposable. Everything we said about dollar menu gaming is coming home to roost. And you can see it in Hi-Fi Rush's engagement. And that's why they're going to put it on other platforms. Because it's about money. It's not about giving you more games for nothing. And I got to end on that mic drop because we got to go over to this premiere. I got a premiere for you guys. This premiere is Hogwarts Legacy. Is there DLC coming? They recently did a variety interview. If you want to come to this, click the link in chat. I'll also redirect you. Everybody can watch this video. Bum rush this video. Go over there and smash the like button. Smash the like button on this video as we end. We only need 40 more likes. Double check. Let's head over to this premiere. Let's head over to this premiere and see what's going on with Hogwarts Legacy DLC. I got a theory on why they haven't said anything yet. 